0: Hi again. So uh, we're going to carry on our series Way, Truth, Life. Um, Over the past couple of weeks, we've looked at Jesus being the only way, and uh, the subject of the truth about religion. That was last week, and if you haven't heard them, check them out on the website. Today, I'm going to look at the subject of life in all its fullness. Uh, Because this is the subject um, that Jesus brings up, and he talks about this. In that story I just told you, this is where he says, this is the reason I'm here, to give you life in all its fullness. It's what God wants for all of us. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to be packing out what this life in all its fullness means. Um, So I'm just going to kind of do an introductory bit. Now, if you are here just checking out Christian Faith or listening to this on the web you need to know that Jesus' intention is for us to have a very full life, to live life to the full. And so often the perception of Christianity is that we worship a God who's up there, sort of looking out for things that we do wrong, wagging the finger, and trying to spoil all our fun. But actually, uh, what he wants for us is a joy-filled life, not a kind of narrow life filled with thou shalt not, and kind of looking over our shoulder all the time. Uh, If we are followers of Jesus, we need to remind ourselves of this fullness and what it should mean to us. And the fullness that this life following Jesus offers us. Now, you may be thinking, well, I've been coming to church for years and you know everything about living life to the full. Well, good for you. Uh, Perhaps you could talk to me afterwards and give me some tips. Now, I have been a Christian for many, many years. As you can see, I'm pretty old now. And I became a Christian when I was 19 years old. So that's a long time to be a Christian. And I've got this job. I'm a minister at the church. Um, and you might know, think, well, Steph should know all about this, living life to his fullness. I preach regularly. But at the end of last year, I went through a really, really dark Place in my life, both physically and emotionally. The last two months of last year were really awful for me. Many of you will have known I wasn't my usual perky self. I was quite. Uh, energy levels were at very low levels. I sometimes couldn't even stand up to do the songs. My my kind of spirit in me was crushed, really. Um, and just one thing led to another, and I was quite physically ill as well. It was a really busy time at work important members of the the church had gone. They'd left for one reason or another, uh, moved away, sadly. Um, There's also, there was pressure uh, within the family. And it was coming up to Christmas, which is always a busy time. So I think part of what was going on was just sheer physical exhaustion. And you can get that, can't you? One thing leads to another, leads to another, and it can drag you right down. Now, friends, tried to help. And I don't want you to think I was on my own in all this. I was able to talk about this to quite a lot of people. Obviously, you don't want to talk to everybody about it all the time. Because actually, sometimes when you're feeling like that, talking about it just kind of makes it worse. You don't want to talk about it. Now, if one of you had come to me with this kind of issue, I'd have been able to tell you exactly what you should do. I'd have been able to give you exactly the right kind of advice. I would have told you to... Be good to yourself, rest, pray, get around friends, have some fun. I knew what to do. But knowing what to do isn't enough, is it? You have to do something about it. Now, hopefully, you haven't gone through anything like this. But I think that most of us might have, and I reckon that maybe all of us might do at some point in our lives. You might have experienced knowing what to do about something, but not doing it. Anybody experiencing that or have experienced that diets you know exactly what you're supposed to do and you know it's going to work but do you do it no okay knowing isn't enough you've got to do something about it and there are other things uh, that you know like driving safely you know what you have got to do but do you always do it of course you do yes The context of the story, I've I've told you, uh, Jesus is here and he's he's being challenged by the religious people around him because he's healed somebody, very naughty, he shouldn't have done that, did it in the temple, did it on what they call their Sabbath, their day of rest, so that breaks all the rules, you're not supposed to be good, you're not supposed to work, and healing somebody is work, and so he gets a bit of a telling off. And so he tells this story and he tells a story about the gatekeeper allowing the good shepherd to come into the sheepfold. And that is really he's saying to them, the father has sent me here and I am come. And the sheep are the people who love God and he's trying to take care of them. He goes on to talk about being the one who brings life to the full. He starts off by talking about being the only way, which um, follows on from the first talk. Now today, I don't know if you've noticed, today is Mother's Day. Have you noticed that? Now most mothers, and I realize that not all mothers, but most mothers and fathers usually want their children to have full lives. Wouldn't you agree with that? We do all we can to give them full lives. We don't give them the life that they want necessarily. We don't feed them sweets and allow them to play on a computer from morning till night. But we want them to live a full life, a healthy life. We don't want them to be ill, sad or miserable. We want them to be all that they can be, don't we? And one of the reasons for my sadness is um, I don't feel, well, particularly one of my sons is not doing very well at all and the other one you kind of think he's got so much potential but he can't kind of get there the opening film showed mothers all around the world helping their children to be all that they could be It was quite a nice film wasn't it it was really lovely but i have to say not all of our children are going to be athletes you know it's kind of unrealistic it's nice but it's unrealistic we're not perfect parents either and um, a while back I did a a counseling course and and it was about some of it was about parenting and he was saying that a lot of parents kind of beat themselves up because they're not perfect parents but they was they kind of let us off the hook and said all you have to be is good enough parents okay so if you're feeling you're not quite there yet good enough is good enough we do our best with what we have And as flawed human beings, we want the best for our children. We want them to have a full life. And if we, as flawed human beings, want that fullness of life for our children, how much more does God, our perfect Heavenly Father, want fullness of life for all of us? Now, John, one of Jesus' closest friends and followers, wrote this story that I just read out rather badly in his account of Jesus' life. I'm going to start off at verse 7, and it should come up on the screen. Therefore, Jesus said again, very, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, and I lay my, down my life for my sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I want to go back to verse nine where he says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life. And have it to the full. This is a very nurturing sort of verse, isn't it? It talks about being saved. Saved in the context of sheep from anything that would come to destroy. But also this, this sense of pasture that I've come to feed, to look after, to care for my flock. And also this bit about having that full life. This is what Jesus wants for all of us. And this is what God Wants for all of us. But what does it mean? What is this full life that Jesus talks about here? So full life doesn't mean what we might think it might mean. uh, Wealth, fame, possessions. The things that other people might think that a full life consists of. Having the car you want. The latest technology. Or being famous these are often things that bring with them anxiety and fear. You know, you get a brand new car. Has anybody ever had a brand new car? I've never had a brand new car. But some people have. Now, the fear. I've, I've, when I I've bought a new-ish car, I worry every time I park it that somebody's going to hit it. Do you, do you ever go through that? So I've got this lovely thing, and I start to worry about it. When I had the heap that I, you know, traded in for, I didn't worry. didn't have to. So, these sort of things that we think are going to bring us happiness and fullness of life, actually can bring us more anxiety and pain. i like to... I've heard this this, um, description of sin, actually, but I just think it applies to so many things in life. It's like a chocolate-covered cow pat. I just love that expression. You know, you think, oh, it looks good. Oh, that looks really nice. But when you get into it, it's crap. Okay, And that's not what God wants for us. He doesn't want chocolate covered anything. He wants a full knife for us. Jesus is talking about a life well lived. A life that travels on into eternity. Jesus demonstrated a full life. Confident in the love of God. And he had all sorts of things going on. People didn't like him. People were attacking him. Calling him names. But he led an amazing, secure, powerful, impactful life. Because he knew he was loved by God. So many of us live diminished lives. We're maybe trying to to live that full life and going in the wrong direction. We're chasing chocolate-covered cowpats, Or maybe um, we're, we're kind of trying to prove ourselves to other people. I heard a great program on the radio the other day. I heard an interview of a Lord in the House of Lords and... Um, uh, he was being interviewed about the usefulness of the House of Lords. And one thing he said about the Lords were, they were all old guys and, and yeah. Um, and he said, they've, they've gone past the age where they're trying to prove themselves. They just speak the truth. And I think that was, that was really lovely. They had wisdom, but they weren't trying to prove themselves anymore. And so many of us, we are trying to, we do stuff because we're trying to prove that we're nice or we're trying to prove that we're really good at our job. But, do you know, But we don't have to do that if we are secure in the love of God. So some things hold us back and destroy our lives. In the story it talks about the wolf that comes to steal and destroy. We live diminished lives. We might live with a sting of regret about the things that we've done or that we failed to do. And it's like a canker that destroys our happiness. Or maybe we're living with unforgiveness. Maybe somebody's done something to you and you cannot forgive them. Or maybe it's yourself. You've done something that you can't forgive yourself for. And it eats you alive. Well, you know if you're a follower of Jesus, you know you're forgiven, don't you? Yeah? Yeah? But sometimes knowing isn't enough. You have to do something about it. As as Karen was saying last week, you know, we're offered this grace, but we have to cash in the check. We have to take hold of it. Perhaps we know how far from perfect we are. Maybe stuff in our past haunts us. Some of us might find Mother's Day or Father's Day difficult because our parents were far from perfect. And our upbringing left scars with us and makes us feel unworthy or useless Or unloved. Or maybe at school you were made to think you were thick. That was me. Um, Stupid or useless. All these things can leave us with the possibility that our lives are not lived to the full. We stagger through life trying to prove ourselves or held back because of fear or fear of failure. The things that most of us crave actually deep down are to be loved are to feel secure and to be of significance. This is what Jesus offers every single one of us. You are all, even me, loved. We have that security of being part of God's family, of knowing him. And that gives us huge significance. This is what Jesus offers all of us, this full life, Other things that we get are transient, they're passing, but this relationship with God is the only thing that sustains through this life through to the next. When we feel and know and take hold of these things, our lives become full, no matter what the circumstances are around us. We're not constantly striving. The next few verses that we read help us to understand how this works a bit more. God loves us. He gives us security and significance. We may not know this, but we may know this, but knowing just isn't enough, is it? You have to do something about it. So Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life for my sheep. I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. Nobody killed Jesus. He offered up his life, a sacrifice. I lay it down of my own accord. Jesus talked over and over and over again about laying down his life for us. Now, If a friend of yours literally sacrificed their life for you, would that make you feel really special to them? He lays down his life for us to give us that fullness of life that he's talking about. He takes the consequences on himself of our failures. And he releases us. He releases us from that. Sting of uh, the regret that we've done stuff or we haven't done stuff he releases us from that and he releases us from the consequence of that he restores a relationship with God through his death and his resurrection his death buys our life it buys this fullness of life how do we feel about this? Why would Jesus lay down his life for you and me? Why would he do that? Because he loves us. Simple as that. The Father loves us. The Son, Jesus, loves us. The Spirit of God loves us. And together they do all that is necessary for all of us to live life to the full, no matter our circumstances, our age, or our past. God gives us a full life that goes on into eternity. Now, we may know this. Do we know this? Can I have a yes from those who know this stuff? Yes? But we have to do something about it. Knowing it is not enough, is it? So I told you about last autumn, feeling really desperate. And uh, there are some really good friends in this room who really helped me through that. How did I recover from feeling desperate last autumn? Well, when I was really at the worst, there was not a lot I could do. You know? And, and you have to be dependent on other people. So other people were praying for me. You know who you are. And you know, I think it worked. I think, strange, isn't it? I think it helped. I think having a little rest time helped. But in the dead of night, that was the worst thing. It's in the dead of night when you worry about stuff. Do you find that? You wake up three o'clock in the morning. That's a really good time. You wake up and things go round and round and round in your head. Instead of trying to... Const- and and that just took my mind. You know, that's, that's the sort of thing that happens to us. You just... But I decided I would listen to a sermon that I preached a few times. <laughs> And I thought, I will turn my focus away from my worries because worrying doesn't do any good, does it? It just exhausts you, really. And focus on God. So in the middle of the night, I am just saying, um, I want to love you, God. I want to love you more. Do you know that's a very simple prayers? Nothing great, but just trying to build back my relationship with God because my faith had been ebbing away. Do you ever get that? It's not just me, hopefully. Well, not hopefully. I hope, I hope you're fine. But, you know, you have to work at it. And when you've got that little glimmer of strength, and we don't always have that, you've got to do whatever you can with whatever you've got. And take hold of, God loves me. He loves my kids more than I do. And kind of try to just look to Jesus and give him my anxieties. I stopped focusing on the stuff I couldn't change, and I focused on God. I worked at my relationship with him and tried to work at my relationship with other people. I knew what to do, but knowing what to do doesn't help, does it? You have to do something about it. On the next slide, it talks about the thief coming to steal and kill and destroy And that can be the experience in our lives. In the dead of night, when things happen to us, the thief comes to steal our faith, to destroy the full life. But Jesus comes that we may have life and have it to the full. You may be here today and you know you're not living a full life. For you, I just wonder what it is that that thief is coming to steal and destroy. I'm going to show you something. I hope it might help. You might not be able to see it all, but let's let's go for it. So in our lives we have stuff going on and it makes us feel can you see over there? Okay. So it might be that we are anxious and I think that was probably the key thing for me. I can't spell so don't worry about it, okay? So you might feel anxious. And feeding into that might be family. That's no good. Family. It might be work. It might be money. It could be anything, okay? You have that kind of thing? There's an emotion that's really strong in you. And that could... So then we have a choice. What do we do about it? And the choice is to do nothing and let the thief come and destroy whatever we do have. Or we have the choice to trust God. So if we do nothing, what happens to us? You can call out if you like. I don't care. What happens to us if we just allow all this to make us anxious? Well, in my case, I became ill, physically ill. Under the heart, doctor. You know, that ill. It's all right, I'm okay. Maybe. (laughs) But if you trust God, you can have peace. And you can have life. Now, it could be anything in there. It could be that you're eaten up with guilt. It could be that you're eaten up with bitterness because there's somebody that you cannot forgive. You know, all these things feeding into how you're feeling. And you can either make yourself ill or depressed. Or feelings of hopelessness. Or you can have peace. And life that will give you strength. Now my circumstances haven't changed a bit. Really. We're not leading up to Christmas. We're leading up to Easter. So it's fairly busy. But not not like Christmas. So it doesn't matter about our circumstances. It matters that Jesus has come to give us life in all its fullness. And we have to choose. Whether we take hold of that. Whether we trust him. Or we let the thief come and steal that full life and destroy it. So, it may be that you're fine. That's great. So maybe you are the fences that could be there to help and protect those who are struggling. Maybe you could be like the people who supported me and prayed for me. When they knew I was down, took me to hospital appointments because I couldn't drive myself, that kind of thing. Maybe you could be that fence of support. I wonder what it would look like if the church family were all living life to the full, the way that Jesus talks about. What do you think it would look like with Jesus at the center? What would people around us see? How attractive would that be? To people with the same or similar difficulties? I wonder.